Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 13. And uh, I'm going to be reading from the uh, Message Bible. And um, it's on prayer. The, the scriptures talk about seeking the Lord while he may be found. You know, chapter, chapter uh, 55, beginning of verse 6. Seek God while he is here to be found. Pray to him while he's close at hand. Let the wicked abandon their way of life and the evil their way of thinking. Let them come back to God who is merciful, come back to our God who is lavish with forgiveness. I don't think the way you think, this is God saying this, I don't think the way you think, the way you work isn't the way I work, God decrees. For as the sky soars high above the earth, and so the way I work surpasses the way you work, and the way I think beyond the way you think. Just as rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for farmers and food for hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment I gave them. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and hills will leap well, excuse me, will lead the parade, bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join in the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God. Living and lasting evidence to God, or of God. So seek God while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, whenever we think of praying... Um, we have different thoughts about it. Um, we sometimes, you know, well, what, what is the definition of prayer means to be entreated, to confer with someone else, to confer with another, to arrive at a settlement. It also means to intercede, to make uh, various, various, very serious or emotional requests, to make a request in a humble manner to address God with adoration, to ask respectfully. So whenever we're thinking of prayer, what do we think of? How do we think of it? Sometimes um, we have really uh, distorted views of praying, uh, you know, because of things we've heard or maybe um, of how we felt about it or what we've seen or maybe what we've been taught. But Isaiah tells us to seek God while he, is, while he may be found. Well, what, what is going on here? It isn't that God is going to disappear, but that the, what's going on is that sometimes if we resist and resist and resist and resist and keep pushing and pushing and pushing, that it's, we lose that connectedness, that desire that we would feel that we could pray. God always hears us. God always knows where we're at. So we find that prayer is recognizing that God is close at hand. He's never so far away as to be just near us. But that God is close to us and that we are to seek God, to look for God in our life, to look for God around us and how that he is um, helping us. You know, last night um, <laughs> I, I was uh, running off some copies and my, my um, copier wouldn't work. 
and this is about, you know, and I, I had bought paper and, you know, and had bought paper at Staples and, and, and I bought the, the, the really cheap stuff because it was on sale and, and it didn't work in my printer. So I just decided I'm going to take the, uh, re- the receipt letter that you, you've received from your giving and I was going to take it up to Staples and I was going to get run off. Well, as I'm running it off, the, the individual who ran it off looked at the, the letterhead and said, oh, Assembly of God. I've been looking for an Assembly of God church. Well, this is Jesse. <laughs> I ran, he ran the letters off and read the letterhead and said, oh, I've been looking for an Assembly of God church. Where are you? I just happened to tell him. So, and he came today. So that's how Jesse got here. So, but whenever you, you know, again, we pray about little things, you know, but how, who was to know? You know, who was to know that the copier wasn't going to work? It works fine afterwards. I got a new paper, you know, ran it through. I ran off the Sunday school lesson. I ran off other things since then. But I could not get the receipt letter to work. It wouldn't work. <laughs> so I just came to this conclusion, go to Staples. So, but the idea then is that every little thing that we do can be a matter of prayer. And our prayers are not to necessarily rearrange the circumstances, but to recognize the presence of God. Hmm. Recognize the presence of God in our life. So seek then, seeking God is to, to inquire of him. That God, that God, I need you each day. God, I need you in the small things. I need you in the small things of my life. I need you to help me in my conversations. <laughs> I need you, Lord, as we go about our daily lives. Now, what are the compulsions? You know, whenever we think of prayer, and uh, this is a little change, I have about three little changes here, but the idea of prayer, what, and, and taking our needs to God, we have these ideas or compulsions that drive our life. And the compulsions are the things that push us up or down. Now, these aren't things we pray about. These are things that push us. <laughs> these are things that we know that we have to do or they'll never get done. If, it's, if, it's gonna, if, it's, if, it's, if it has to be, it's up to me. How about that one? Remember that one? If it has to be, it's up to me. If, I, if it's ever going to get done, I got to do it. Or um, the opposite is, it doesn't matter what I do, it's not going to work. So we have compulsions, we have ideas, we have compulsive behavior that pushes us in one direction or the other. And the way we stop compulsive behavior is by stopping and asking God to be with us in this. Because if it's going to be, it's up to me, if I stop and ask God to help me, that's a whole different story. You know, um, whenever we go about our life, you know, I was thinking of back, you know, being on the farm, that you have, if, the, if, if it's going to be done, you got to do it. <laughs> there's chores, there's cattle, there's, there's fields, there's, you know, harvesting, there's planting, there's the care, all these things there. And if it's going to get done, you got to do it or it won't be done. Because no one's going to come in and do it for you. So you develop an attitude, if it's going to be, it's up to me. 
And so you, you approach it and you push it, and sometimes, and that's true, but we also recognize that God is there to be with us. My pushing and personal striving basically come from unbelief. Imagine that. Unbelief. It comes from, the unbelief is based upon some type of fear that it's all up to us. And if we don't do it, succeed or fail, it's always our fault. I have to make it as, I have to make as much headway as I can before the bottom falls out. So do you see how that we have these ideas and these compulsions that push us into life? And, it, you know, and how that we are sometimes neglecting our opportunities to pray because of these compulsions, because of these, and, and again, what is a healthy work ethic? You know, you get up and you go to work, you do your job, and you get up and go to work and do your job, and you get up and go to work and do your job. Now, we know people who don't get up and go to work and don't do their job. <laughs> you know? We know of such people, <laughs> and we would like to give them a healthy compulsion. <laughs> you know? We would help to, we'd like to help move them along, get them on with their life. But there is, and, and there's nothing wrong with a work ethic. But what we're doing whenever we're praying is asking God to be with us. We're not going to sit back and say, God, you know, like the, the farmer, the preacher went out to see the farmer. And uh, the preacher's telling the farmer, my, what God has done with this field. You know, what a beautiful field that God has provided for you with uh, the corn. And oh, what a beautiful field God has provided for you with the hay. Oh, what a beautiful field God has provided for you with the, the oats and the grain. And then the farmer said, I had, he had enough of it. And he said, you should have seen him when God had it by himself. Okay, so moving right along, uh, the, the farmer had to participate in it. So prayer is not a long, drawn-out speech, but a simple acknowledgement, a simple request. God, help me as I study for my test. You know, people taking tests. God, direct my steps and my words as I go about my day. You know, like I said, Jesse, last night, yesterday afternoon, we finally, you know, we've been looking for a washer and dryer for about six months because our washer is broke. It only works half, <laughs> and you can't turn the knobs, and the, and the agitator's not working, and all that stuff. So we've been looking and looking, and, you know, they're very expensive. And uh, didn't want to spend that money. So finally, we found a very good sale, and this sale, that sale. But the person we went and spoke with, we were talking with them, and they, they, I've been there so long, they call me by name, uh, looking. And then, then while we were talking, the lady found out, you know, about my working in hospice, and, you know, and, I, and I do grief counseling. And her husband died about six months ago. And she began to tell me about what's going on in her life and how, you know, and all the things about her grief and where she's at. And just little things I began to tell her began to help her where she was at because she was feeling really down. I said, well, it's six months. You should be down. This is probably the lowest point of your life. And she says, really? I go, yeah. Yeah. Because it takes time for us to come to that realization. She goes, oh, I thought there was something wrong with me. <laughs> hmm. Buying a washing machine? 
being in the right place at the right time to give someone a situation. You know, Jose made these cards, gave them to you, you know, they're in the back. Got, they're not playing cards, they're my, <laughs> I mean, what cards did he give? You know, my uh, business card, you know, with Brad on, Brad on one side, and I was going to say, Brad on the front and me on the back, or me on the front and Brad on the back, whatever way you want to give it. But, you know, I've probably given out 25 of these in the last week. People have asked me, well, do you have a card? Do you have a card that I, you know, and, and it's like, oh yeah, here it is. And you can go on the website and get our, you know, listen to our sermons and listen to our church th- service and things. And they go, oh. So, you know, I've ha- I haven't had cards since we came here, you know. I had some, but, you know, I always, you know, I, whatever, never, but anyhow, Jose came up with this new design, put it together, and they're there in the back and you can take them and have some to give out. But the idea is, Whenever we, begin, you know, when, sure we've prayed about situations, but since I've been reading and doing this study and trying to look at this, I've been even more aware of asking God for the little things. I always prayed for the big things, but asking God for the little things and talking to God about the little things of our life, which means so much to the people around us. Being aware that God is with us We stop and ask God for help. We stop and ask God for direction. We stop and ask God for his word that we've read to become real to us at this very moment. And and you see, it's these stopping and pausing, this which takes away the pressure to succeed or the fear of failure, because God is with us. And when God is with us, How can we say something is a failure or a success? Because the glory belongs to God, and God is in the process of teaching us, and this is not a failure, this is another step in my learning process. A pastor once asked his church to pray that God would shut down the neighborhood bar. Okay, The whole church gathered for an evening prayer meeting and pleaded with God to rid the neighborhood of the evils of this bar. A few weeks later, lightning struck the bar and it burned to the ground. Having heard about the church's prayer crusade, the bar owner, the bar owner, promptly sued the church. And when the when the when the court date arrived, the bar owner passionately argued that God struck his bar with lightning because of the church member's prayer. While the pastor, while he backtracked, he brashed off the accusation and he admitted that the church prayed, but he also affirmed that no one in his, real, his congregation really expected anything to happen. The judge leaned back in his chair with a mix of, of amusement and perplexity, and he spoke. He says, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Right in front of me is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. <laughs> um, I, I've gotten this from a book called The Christian Atheist, and... Uh, and it has many of these types of things that, uh, see, there are many Christians who believe in God, but don't believe in prayer, because we don't pray. We might claim that prayer works, but we don't pray, and we don't expect anything to change. And we don't pray because, well, many different reasons. At times, you know, I've had, at times I've had a very hard time with prayer. I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the church. 
I grew up, when I, I mean, when I was two weeks old, I was in church. When I was four, week, four years old, I, you know, five years old, whatever, I remember going down to the altar following my grandfather. <laughs> my grandmother was a preacher, you know, spoke at different, different meetings and things. My dad was on the board for 30-some years, 35 years, I don't know, whatever. I was always in church, every Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday night. <laughs> we were always in church, went to Bible school, you know, been in the ministry. So I've always been in the church, and I've been to all-night prayer vigils. And I've been to prayer conferences. And at times, you know, you feel very intimidated by this whole pretense of praying. Because to listen to some people pray, it's like God hasn't a clue who you're talking about. You know, I, I, I know some prayers, you know, go like this. God, I'm praying for Pastor McGee. You know, the guy who lives in Wimber who pastors the church on 12th Street in Somerset, the guy who's bald and he now has a beard. <laughs> he has two kids and he's married to that teacher. And, you know, people go like, it's like, you, know, you think God, you know, you have to tell God where he lives <laughs> before you ever get to the, to the need, you know? And, and, some, you know and, and it's like, what's that all about? Does that part of what we should be praying, that God, we have to make sure that God gets to the right person because there may be another fat preacher in town who's balding? You know, there, you know, you know is it like we got to be that, that specific? Or the shouting prayers, like God is deaf. <laughs> or the one-eye-open prayers, is somebody watching? How about the afraid-to-speak prayers? might say something wrong and God will misunderstand what I want and he'll get confused. I mean, we have all these ideas and conflicts over prayer. It's, uh, and you think about it, we all have our own understanding or misconceptions about praying that it's for somebody else and not for me. It's, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. Oh, I mean, you know, just... Name it, and we've got it. Somebody has it. Sorry to say, you know, in church, I do most of the praying, for meaning prayer requests and offering and things like that, because, you know, I know that our congregation, many, 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 many of us are intimidated by public speaking. So if I called on you to pray, would you? Bob? <laughs> I always pick on Bob. That's just one of those things. But, I mean, I could call anyone's name, and would you be intimidated by praying in public? Or if I do find one or two that um, pray and don't mind it, then somebody will say, well, he's playing favorites. You see, but so then it's just easier for me to pray, and I don't ask anybody. So that's my own fault. But we create long lists of reasons why we don't do certain things. From feelings that we're not good enough to being bored whenever we pray. From not wanting to bother God with the small stuff to not thinking our prayers can actually make a difference. So we have many reasons for not praying. And, you know, and again, some of them, they are legitimate in our own, in our own eyes, in our own mind, but not legitimate to God. Because God will help us get over the hurdles. And God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. 
God knows if we pronounce a word that's not the word we meant. <laughs> that God can interpret the groanings. The groanings. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean inside of us? And what, what message are we conveying it? And what direction are we portraying it? You see, prayer can be the, the heartbeat of, our, of all that we do. Prayer can be the heartbeat of everything that we do. And it's not that we spend hours on our knees or, you know, some people can and do. And that's, in, you know, it may grow to that. But we've got to start with where we are at. And starting with where we are at is to just pause and say, you know, when you hear a prayer request, someone calls you and says, you know, pray for so-and-so. Stop at that moment and offer a prayer. God be with, who is it, uh, Steph? Is it Steve that has the leg? Scott. Scott that has the leg. That he has an infection in his leg. So would you pray for Scott? So what that comes to you, say, God be with Scott and be with him and, and where he's at and, and the Lord touch his life. What's that? That's, that's your prayer. You know, like you're going to make a decision about something or, or, or you're going somewhere, whatever. God be with us as we travel. That's your prayer. You've stopped in that moment of time to acknowledge that God is with you and you ask him for direction. Well, what happens if bad things happen? God is with you. Even when the bad things happen, God is still there. It isn't like it's a magic uh, bubble that you now enclose yourself in and nothing bad will ever happen to you because you walk around in this magic God is with me. No bubble can, nothing can enter my bubble. Don't worry, that'll get broke. <laughs> so prayer is about acknowledging, you know, well, what about your friends? And what about your, you know, the people that you're with every day? Pray for them. Pray that they might have the right word. You're having a test in school. Pray as you study. Don't, don't do the, you know, I'm not studying, but when I get there, I'm going to, God help me, uh, you know, pass this test. Well, did you study? No, but, you know, God didn't answer my prayers. <laughs> no, need to study. So, prayer can be the heartbeat of all that we are. Um, people told me, they said, well, I prayed once and it didn't work. Well, what would you pray for? I prayed for world peace. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, what about, you know, your daily needs? You know, many feel not good enough. Many feel that they're not eloquent enough. They're not going to say the right thing. They're not passionate enough. That they're not fervent enough. That they're not this enough and that enough. But the idea is our words are enough. They're your words. They're your feelings. These are events in your life. God is concerned about you. Where you are at what is going on in your life, and we then are responding to that by asking God, inviting God who is already there. You see, it isn't that I'm inviting God to be with me. I'm making myself aware that God is here. I'm helping me understand that God is here. I am placing the attention away from my not good enough. You know, if it's, God, if it's going to be done, it's up to me. I'm taking that idea and still going, but I'm asking God to be accompanying me in this whole process to give me the strength. 
Oh, yes. How about whenever you go to pray, there is the wandering mind syndrome? Do you ever sit down and say, well, you know what? I'm going to pray. And what did you do? You remembered everything you hadn't done. Hello. How about you remembered everything you have done wrong in your life, and you're not good enough to sit there and pray? See, these are distractions. These are distractions to our prayers, and we just need to refocus and let God be with us and not allow them to distract us from what the most important part, our communion with God. You see, I always like the, the, the old cliche, when the devil reminds you of your, of your past, remind him of his future. <laughs> you know, So you see, your past is forgiven. Whenever you remember those things, oh, and I'll always, you know, if you carry any grudges in your mind, you know, the Bible says that whenever you kneel at the altar and you remember something who has, you remember somebody who has something against you, go to that individual and make it right. Because every time you kneel at the altar, that comes into your mind. So why, you might as well get rid of it. <laughs> Just go to the person and, you know, say, forgive me for it. You know, make it right. Make it right. You see, remember who you're talking to. We need to remember who we're talking to. The God of the universe who spoke everything into existence, the God of the universe who knew me when I was yet in my mother's womb, had a plan for my life, gave me who I am and all the opportunities that are in my life, and the experiences that I am encountering are bringing those things out in a way that will make me who God wants me to be. So I am asking God for direction in how these things come out of my life. How my talents and personality and how that my gifts things and the, the things that are important in my life, how that experiences bring things to the surface and I'm asking God to help me interpret them and help me to integrate them into his word and into his spirit and into my life and how this all works out for me and for the glory of God. Because prayer isn't about me. Prayer is about God. We move our focus from ourselves, from our success or failure, to God's working in our life, through our successes or failures, in our successes and failures. We are not reminded that um, we're not reminding ourselves of our failings. We're, we're reminding ourselves of God's sufficiency. Prayer is like talking to a close friend with whom you share your heart, your fears, your dreams, and you're not worried about what you're saying because it's just who you are. Then, then instead of a lifeless, one-way conversation, we remember that God is working with us and working through us and speaking back to us. Prayer with God is our, our Father. Prayer with God becomes an exhilarating thing that God is our Father and He is working with us and walking with us. One of the hardest obstacles to overcome is do my prayers make a difference? Do my prayers really matter? And we start off with this in the sense that remember, it's not about the need and it's not about the rearrangement of the circumstance. It's about God's presence that makes the difference in our life. And as we pray, we're asking God to be with us. His presence is with us. And that presence gives us the strength to go through any obstacle in our life. You see, 
the people we pray for. His presence makes the difference in their life. Now, and naturally, we're going to pray about the things and pray in the direction that we feel would be best. But you see, in the scriptures that we read, what did it say? It says, I don't think the way you think. And the way you work isn't the way I work, God declares. For as the sky soars high above the earth, and so the way I work surpasses the way you work. God has a plan that is far beyond ours. And it is greater than anything we could ever imagine. So pray about whatever is on your mind. Run it by God. Run it by God. You know, what is it that is in your mind? What is it that you are about to do? Where are you going? And you're just asking God to be with you, to give you direction in it. The pastor tells a story. And this is, I'll close with this. The pastor tells a story of how his six children wanted a puppy. They begged him for years about getting a dog. Finally, he agreed that if God, (laughs) always with the clarification here, if God wanted them to have a dog, that God would show them the, the the good dog that needed a home. So that night, six children prayed for a perfect dog. The next day, when the pastor arrived home, the kids were jumping up and down and running and celebrating. Evidently, Someone had dropped off a puppy nearby and it wandered into their yard. (laughs) God had heard the prayer of a few children about something as small as a puppy. When, When we see God answering our specific prayers, nothing will ever change us about God. That's why when we pray, we pray specifically about situations so that we believe that God is going to work with us. He's going to work through us. He's going to work in the situation that we are praying about. And if it doesn't work out the way we want, we know that God has a better plan. He has a better way. We don't lose hope and we don't lose direction. We continue to know that God is there. And if you don't want a puppy, don't ask. (laughs) Don't ask six kids to pray for it. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. Seek God while he while seek God while he's here to be found. Pray to him while he's close at hand. God isn't far away. God is always here. It's we who are opening our lives to allow God to touch us and to work in our life, in this place, in this situation of our life. God is at work. Open our hearts to receive it.